I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yeah, what's happening, Rush Nation? It is Murph here. It is time for another matchup show. This is being recorded Thursday afternoon, um, so late afternoon, early evening, I would say. So I just caveat that information. Things continue to move. Um, we have. My ranks this week have already got 30, 40 questionable players in my ranks. Uh, 16 at wide receiver, 11 at running back, uh, 4 at QB. So that's 31. 4 at tight end, so that's 35. 3 at kicker, which is always good. So... There are 37 players that are questionable in my ranks, um, and that's not even including the ones I've taken out or the ones that are on by. So quite a lot. So these situations are going to move and uh, flex. So uh, appreciate that this information, if you're listening to this on like Saturday or Sunday, could be a bit out of date. So do check your injury reports, etc. But always good to do the show and just get a bit of clarity as to where we are um, going into the games. We start tonight with an NFC class, NFC South Classic, Atlanta Falcons against the Carolina Panthers. And uh, this one really, there's not that many noteworthy players in here. Um, so this one should be quite a quick, uh, a quick one to go through. So one thing with Thursday Night Football, people always get a bit concerned about um, 
starting players, especially when you get a game like this, a bit of a trap game. Um, when you get these these games where they're just not exactly full of a ton of fantasy stats, um, the temptation is to fade them because you you can't put them in the flex. And I, I, I always think it's not a bad idea, but just be a little bit cautious because you just never know. And especially with all these injuries going on, I'd say any other year, I'd say, okay, fine, you can take a bit more of a, a beeline on it. But I do think that some of these games on those no football, whilst they don't look on paper uh, the best, you know, there's still things to consider and uh, and look upon. So the one thing I would say with this game, even though the betting line is only um, 42 and a half, which isn't, it's not a particularly high number. It's not, not the lowest number of the week by any stretch, but it's not a, not a particularly high number to, to say the least. So I would just say when you're looking at that, I would probably more lean on starting these players and just getting points in than than not, because I think that could be the the difficulty here. Um, so just going through my ranks here, I'm just trying to just looking at the game. Don't start PJ Walker. He was absolutely terrible last week. He's my second lowest ranked QB on the week, and that's just because I don't know what Tennessee are doing yet. Um, so he's an absolute fade in all formats. Mariota is a, a Quarterback 17 for me. I do think this Carolina defense will, will stop him a little bit and just be a little bit sneaky. Um, but I do expect points, but maybe not necessarily all coming from uh, Mariota's arm. But I do think he gets some production on the legs. Uh, Cornell Patterson is my RB14 on the week. Uh, I think he definitely is coming more back into the games. Tyler Algier is my RB31. We saw a reduction touches, which he really took into good stride. He was rushing it with a, a just short of 10 yards of carry last week. I don't see that. Um, I don't see that happening on a consistent basis, uh, keeping that rate up. So I do think, um, yeah, I do think I would probably fade that uh, where I could. Um, like I said, I'll be 31. I, I'm probably not playing him this week, but if you need to, I understand. And then what do you do with Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts is going through a little bit of renaissance at the moment, but, I mean, it's not exactly been great. Drake London is my wide receiver 41, so he's in the flex conversation this week and someone that you can definitely feel comfortable starting. Kyle Pitts is my tight end nine. I think really between six and nine, that's Freemuth, Dolchich, uh, Everett, and Pitts. They're kind of all... They're all, they can, they're all kind of interchangeable for me. I, I think you can make a case for any of them to go uh, in another direction. Um, so if you want to argue that Pitts was at six this week, I probably wouldn't give you much of a, a counter-argument. I think they're all pretty close uh, for me there. Whereas if I look at the Carolina Panthers, there really is only two players to talk about, maybe three. There's three players to talk about on this team. Tuba Hubbard is likely to be back. I'm not seeing a load of work coming Tuba Hubbard's way. I think he'll get some work, but I can't see him... Uh, Truly throwing off Don to Foreman. I think he'll be the lead back, probably looking at 65, 67% of the work. So I think you're looking at Foreman being an RB18 this week. So low end RB2. I think Hubbard have got all the way down to 44. He's still questionable, by the way. So I, I never like it when I've got a player who's sort of this low, this late into the, the game, given the fact it's tonight and still marked as questionable. Um, so he's all the way down there. So that's why I don't think he's going to get a load of work. And the DJ Moore, a couple of weeks ago, absolutely tagged the Falcons for 150-odd 
yards uh, and a touchdown. And it was his best week of the season. I don't expect the same thing to happen. Um, his season has been pretty poor. Um, he's only got over the 10 half-point PPR mark three times this season. So to sit here and expect miracles, despite this being a good matchup, is one I'd be very wary of. So I've got him very conservatively ranked at uh, wide receiver 33. Just don't necessarily feel that this is... I can't see another 150-yard game coming if I'm wrong. I apologize, but I just don't see it. I think you're going to see more of a, a five for a five for fifty, and a, it's basically a touchdown dependent wide receiver now. So five for actually five for sixty, I think is sixty-two. I think is where I've got him for this week. So yeah, just be a bit careful there. Um, I do have Terrence Marshall Jr. at uh, wide receiver thirty-nine. So do you think this is a good one uh, for him? He's starting to get more and more work with PJ Walker. Um, the one thing I would say here is I'd be slightly careful here about this offense because PJ Walker was really bad last week and Baker Mayfield did come back in and play better than PJ Walker. And although PJ Walker is going to be the start this week, there's a very short leash there. And I think that's going to put him in some areas where he's not going to be the most comfortable. So just a little bit concerned there about that, which is why I kind of just have this, don't have this feeling that they're going to be quite as good as they were a couple of weeks ago. Um, right, let's move on to the game in Munich. I will be there in person, so I'm very excited uh, about that with Dan and, and several others. Um, the points total set on this is 44 and a half, and they actually have a, a, uh, the Bucks as favourites, which uh, I don't quite understand, but there we go. Bucks are pretty terrible at travelling. They've lost all their games where they've played abroad, so I don't necessarily think that that should be taken as a given. Um I do think this is, there'll be some points in this game for sure. So uh, looking at this, I have Geno Smith as quarterback eight. I have Tom Brady as quarterback 10. Um, I do think Geno Smith can be quite efficient. I think this um, defensive line will get to him, but I also think that they can play some soft coverage uh, in that sort of uh, mid-range, that sort of 10 to 15-yard spaces where he could get quite a, a reasonable amount of production from uh, a tight end and from... Um, the receivers underneath. So I think Smith is in line to have a decent game. I don't think you should fear this Bucks defense for that. Um, where I would say the Bucks defense will, will make a stop here will be with Kenneth Walker. Now, most weeks I tend to have him in my top five. I have him at 12 this week. He has scored for six consecutive games, which is why, I'm, you know, he is still where he is. Um, but I do think this Buccaneers D, although they have had some games where they've been absolutely gashed, especially against the, Ravens in particular, they did stop the run quite effectively last week. Uh, and yes, Kenneth Walker is, is potentially a better back than uh, Darrell Henderson. But having said that, I do think uh, they will keep him in, in tow. Um, and then Leonard Ford out, I have just behind him in 13. All this talk about Rashad White getting an increased role, and it, is, it is possible, but he's still dominating the majority of the roles. He still came in when it mattered. Um, plus he is that underneath target. So I do think that whilst, whilst White, I've got him at RB36 right now, and he could move up a little bit. I do think right now this is still Leonard Fournette. And sometimes Leonard Fournette just needs a little kick to get going. And I think that might be it. We saw this in the Super Bowl year. So uh, I have them at 12 and 13 this week. White is at 36. The wide receivers are particularly interesting. So the Buccaneers have been struggling for plays over 20 yards. 
um, which is why I've moved, uh, and I'm very slightly down on Mike Evans over consensus. I have him at 13. I have Metcalf at 14. I have Lockett at 16. I have Godwin at 18. So I have four top 18 receivers in this game. And that's where I see all of them getting a reasonable amount of work. I think this could be shared about quite evenly. I'd look to see Evans get into the end zone here with red zone targets. He's, those have been creeping up quite significantly over, pre, over recent weeks. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf as well have also been producing pretty solid fantasy weeks going forward. If I was looking for a fifth receiver in this game, it would be Julio Jones. Although I've got him down at wide receiver 60, I'm quite tempted to move him up because I think he's the guy they will go to to try and move the chains, uh, especially over the middle. We saw some effectiveness last week as he was returning back from, from injury. Uh, as we get to the tight ends here, um, one big shock for most people will be I have Cade Otten at 11 uh, in my rankings this week. So Cade Otten for me, is, is getting more increased role. And I think the fact that he caught a game-winning touchdown and was trusted with nine seconds left on the clock to win the game, I think that's quite a significant moment for him. The other thing I'd say is that I've got no fan of 14. So I don't think this is like I'm not projecting a huge game for Kay Dalton, but I think he's going to get enough work to be relevant. But I also think the same for no fan. I think the Buccaneers have notoriously over the last couple of years not been great against um, tight ends, and, and they have been giving up those soft yards um, over that sort of 10 to 15-yard range. Fant is third on this team in targets, in yards, and routes run over the last four weeks. And so as a result, I do think, you know, that if, if you look at sleep or most apps, it will have Disley as the guy over Fant. I don't think that's the case. It's definitely Fant for me. So just ignore sleeper there uh, a little bit. Um, then we get on to the regular slate game. So I've got um, Buffalo versus uh, Minnesota here. It's a weird Vegas line for two teams that are very offensively powered. The the line is only 43 and a half, which I guess it's there because of Allen's injury. And there's a bit of uncertainty. And if Allen comes in, that might shift a couple of points. Um, That could be a really interesting bit of movement to see where that line moves. Um, But it is low. And that's maybe some respect, maybe too much respect to these, um, to these defenses. Um, so the quarterbacks here, I think if Allen goes, I think you've got to work on the assumption that Allen is not going to be limited, but I think you have to take in what I call an injury discount. I think you have to lower him by a few points just because I don't think he's going to have that necessary ceiling. I still have him as a top five QB. I still play him. I don't think there's risk if he's fit. I still don't think there's a risk to playing him. I'm just saying that don't expect that huge, like, 40-point week. Watch him go out and do it now, by the way. Um, I've got Cousins at 11. Uh, I do think this be, this Bills D will contain and stout, but I do think Cousins will still make some plays uh, and get things going. If I move on to the running backs here, um, Dalvin Cook is at 9 for me on the week. I do think he can get some success here. Uh, when it comes to the Bills, however, you know, for me, Devin Singletree, I still think is the lead back. Uh, he might get called upon a bit more. I have him at RB24 this week. Um, I do think if I revise my rankings, I know the health of a couple of players ahead of him, there could be a chance that I move him up a little bit more. I think he's a low-end RB2 play this week. I don't think you're going to see that much of Hines uh, in comparison. Uh, so I have Hines at 37 this week, uh, RB37. 
again, if you look at Sleeper, it has these matchups, like it has them being so much closer. I just don't see it um, at all. I don't see it being as close as that. So just be a little careful when you're looking at projections. I just don't think that, I think he's going to have a role. I think he's, you know, borderline relevant, but I don't think he's someone that I'd be looking and rushing to start uh, this week. Now, if we're talking about the wide receivers here in this game, there is quite a considerable amount to talk about. I have Diggs at three and I have Jefferson at five um, this week. So both top five plays. I think these guys will dominate and get the majority of the work. I do have Gabe Davis at 22. It's been a few bad weeks for him. I think we're likely to see something come back, especially as Allen is looking to get going and, and get somebody who can get those yards after the catch and make a big play. Uh, Adam Phelan sits at 31. He is currently questionable. That might move his ranking down or up, depending on how he's trending uh, over the next sort of few days or so. Um, I'm not. I'm not in a rush to start Isaiah McKenzie or KJ Osborne this week. They're not plays that I'd be looking to make. I mean, KJ Osborne I have at, at 58 right now, but I can't see him going up unless Phelan uh, gets hurt a bit more. And then we've got the tight end. So Daw- Dawson Knox is someone I've got outside of my top 12 as it stands right now. He's been quite inconsistent. He's all the way down at 20 think if you you can have to start him if you drafted him you can't find anyone else and maybe he comes back into it maybe alan shorts that you know shortens his play a little bit i'd say the difference between tight end 13 and tight end 20 is pretty minimal uh literally one point will probably jump you about four or five places um i do have hawkinson though in my top five he's currently at four so next game up on the slate is the Lions at the Bears. Uh, this game is a high-scoring one, um, which is not something I was expecting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's set at 48, the over and under. So we are expecting points in this one, which is going to be uh, arguably a good game to watch, despite the fact they've only got five wins between them. But Fields has definitely started to come alive in these last few weeks, which is why I have him at quarterback four this week. Something I... Definitely would not have expected at any point in the season. Mind you, I didn't expect to put Geno Smith in my top top eight at any point either. So, um, yeah, definitely good plays this week. And Jared Goff is down at 15, so he's playable. If you've got Jared Goff in on a bye, I don't wouldn't worry too much. I think he's definitely playable, but and he's always got that upside, Jared Goff. He can always sort of turn it up. The running back situation in both these teams is incredibly weird right now because you've got um, Swift, who is continually questionable, and Jamal Williams, which steals all the goal line carries. So I have Williams at 16, Swift at 19. And if I flip over to uh, Chicago, they're very much in a committee, Montgomery and Herbert. Montgomery gets more carries, Herbert's more explosive. So I have Montgomery at 22, Herbert at 25. Uh, I will think that at some point, Herbert is going to get the majority of the work. We're kind of just waiting for that to happen. Could be this week. I think it's definitely on the cards in the next week or two. He'll get the majority of uh, carries. Moving over to wide receivers. Uh, Amor Ralston Brown, finally off the questionable tag, is good to go. He is my wide receiver eight on the week. And then Darnell Mooney is climbing my ranks. He's at wide receiver 26 this week. I know people are going to ask me about Chase Claypool. He's at wide receiver 47, so well within that flex territory, but not someone I'm necessarily rushing to put in a starting lineup if I can avoid it, but uh, potential there as well. And Khalif Raymond is at wide receiver 55. Moving on to Jacksonville versus 
Kansas City. Um, so this is set at 50 and a half, and I think most of that will be responsible for the Chiefs. Um, although I do think the Jags will put up some points in this game, and clearly Vegas do if they've set the line at 50 and a half. But Patrick Mahomes, he's my QB2 on the week. And Trevor Lawrence, my QB12. So definitely both of them in starting ranges, especially if you've got Joe Burrow. I know a lot of people did a Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence kind of stack. Um, should be a good pivot to play this week to move to Lawrence with Burrow on the bye. Moving on to the running backs here. Travis Etienne is one that you can feel pretty confident running at against this Kansas City D. So he's at seven this week for me, running back seven. Expect him to put up a pretty good week. The Chiefs running back situation is a little bit weird right now, um, trying to figure out what they're doing. So really what I have got is Ebersole and Pacheco together. I think Pacheco will be getting more touches. Now, people are going to sit there and be jumping on the Jerry McKinnon train. I think this is a game where they'll run the football more. I think you'll see Pacheco get more touches, more carries potentially. I have been really conservative with my ranks here. To put Ebertaleo at 32 and Pacheco at 33, they could necessarily eat each other. McKinnon and I have at 42. So not a huge difference in between them. But if I had to pick, if I had to pick a, a running back that I think could lead the day here, I would lean with Pacheco because I think they want him to be the long-term starter there. And I think that they'll see this game as an opportunity to give him some touches and give him some carries to really showcase what he can do. So... Uh, going on to the wide receivers, Christian Kirk is the leading wide receiver in, in this one. He's at wide receiver 17. Then we've got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's at 24. Uh, Michael Hardman is at wide receiver 38. Zay Jones at wide receiver 40. And Marcus Rather scantling at wide receiver 49. So there's a, And Marvin Jones is at 53. So I would say outside of those first two in Kirk and Juju Smith-Schuster, I would say they're all flex play options for you with Hardman and Jones being the more preferable there. But I think they're they're not ones that are nailed on to be uh, in the the wide receiver one, wide receiver two conversation this week. So if you can leave them on your bench, try and do that. Moving on to tight ends, Travis Kelsey is my tight end one of the week. There'd be absolutely no shock there. I have Ingram down at 17. He is questionable. I don't like to see Evan Ingram questionable because it always leans towards me probably not playing him given his injury history. So one I'd be slightly concerned about that. Moving on to the Browns against Miami. So big game this one. Miami have got quite a bit of momentum. Uh, do expect to see some points here. I'm just, look, just looking at the money line here and it we are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. 
Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. All the over under line it is 49. So expected to see some points in this one. Two of starts this week as my quarterback one, especially with those tight uh, wide receiver weapons that he's got. He is my quarterback one. Jacoby Brissett is my quarterback 21. You can pretty much ignore uh, Jacoby Brissett if you can afford to. Looking at running backs here, Nick Chubb is my running back five. And then moving down to Miami, Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson, I've got back-to-back in my ranks. This has truly become a committee now. So they're running back 26 and running back 27 for me this week. I expect them to pretty much eat into each other's work. And it'll be about who gets that goal line work, who's getting those uh, potential touchdown opportunities to, to see where we lean. A lot of people rushed out to get Jeff Wilson thinking it was going that way. Made sense. Let's see what really happens. But I've been conservative here to hedge them. I think they're in a 50-50 role. Kareem Hunt, by the way, is at running back 30 this week. Moving on to the wide receivers. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver two this week. Jalen Waddle is my wide receiver nine. Both those guys you could definitely play. Mari Cooper, though, is my wide receiver 11. I think he's got a great schedule coming in. And I really look forward to seeing what he can do down the stretch. Uh, Donovan's Peoples Jones is my wide receiver 35 this week. So again, feel pretty good that you can start him. The tight end position is all about David Njuku if he's fit. At the moment, he's my tight end 18. He is still questionable. We're not sure if he's going to play. I don't know where we are with that. Um, I would move him up if I knew he was fit. If someone told me right now he's good to go and we saw him off the injury report tomorrow, I'd definitely be moving up into my sort of tight end 13, 14 range. And I think he's in there with that Tonyan commit. Um, no offense area. That's where I kind of see him. By the way, I forgot to mention Nerf. Um, Cole Komet, because of touchdowns and back-to-back weeks, he's in my he's my tight end 13. Um, I'm not worried about Mike Gazeki. He's tight end 19 for me. So you can just fade him uh, and forget that he exists because Miami don't like to use him, especially with two on the field. Um, Houston versus the New York Giants. This is a game that is set to be the lowest scoring, well, second lowest scoring of the week at 40 and a half points. So very low scoring here. There's not too much here from a fantasy perspective to get too overly excited about. Kind of know what's what here. Not starting Davis Mills. I You could start Daniel Jones. He is uh, QB 14 on the week and well in the starter range. It's Saquon Barkley is my running back one on the week, so you could definitely feel comfortable starting him. Damian Pierce, who is questionable, is currently my running back 10. He could move down my ranks if he's still on the injury report over the next day or so. And then the wide receivers here. Not too much to talk about here. Cooks is currently sat at my uh, wide receiver 36. Wondell Robinson is my wide receiver 43. I think this game's been played a lot on the ground, hence the low, uh, the really low uh, over-under. I think Wondell Robinson in a PPR format would go up my ranks quite a bit. But I do think Cooks hopefully will start to see him return. Uh, he has had some issues with the team. Uh, and everything else, to be honest. But I'm not worried about starting any other receiver in this game. And then I'm also not worried about the tight ends either. This is a really good matchup play for the uh, Giants kicker and the Giants D. If you uh, need them on by this week, because you have the Patriots like I do in a lot of places. Uh, the lowest game of the schedule is next. And we're going to talk about the Saints and the Steelers. And a 40-point over and under uh, this game really doesn't whet the appetite here for anyone from a, a fantasy perspective. There's no one here that I would say is, is a true stud. There's a few starters, definitely. Um, 
but you're not probably starting these quarterbacks if you can avoid it. I definitely would be. Uh, if we're looking at the running backs here, I have Kamara, who is having quite an up and down season. I do have him at running back eight. It's probably slightly optimistic, but um, I do feel that he's someone who needs to get going at some point. It's been a pretty rough year. Somebody's had a worse year, Najee Harris. He's my running back 20, something I didn't expect when I drafted so much of him in draft season. It's really not gone well. He's got an ongoing foot injury. I expect Jalen Warren to start taking some carries uh, and seeing his workload increase in coming weeks, especially as Pittsburgh have got nothing to play for this season. Um, we get to the wide receivers here. Uh, Chris Alavi is my wide receiver 12, so he scoots into that wide receiver one number just do think this is something that uh, you'll see, and I think again with what he can do, making plays, I think it'd be quite wise to start him this week, and definitely a must-start play. As for everybody else here, there's not too much confidence here. I would say Deontay Johnson, my wide receiver, 30 this week. So one I'm slightly cautious on. George Pickin, my wide receiver, 34. You see that situation going uh, pretty much either way. And then everyone else have kind of faded. Jarvis Landry is questionable. So he's at wide receiver 68. If I knew he was starting, I'd move him up. But at this point, it's going to be the Chris Olave show, I think, uh, at uh, at wide receiver for the Saints. And then we move on to tight ends here. Not much to talk about too much. Pat Freemuth is my tight end six. Taysom Hill, my tight end 15. Juwan Johnson, my tight end 22. Last game on the slate is the Broncos versus the Tennessee Titans. And that one is set... Sorry, this is the lowest-scoring game of the week. This one's set at 37. I can't remember the last time I saw a game set at 37. It's pretty awful. <laughs> um, I laugh because, again, not much from a fantasy perspective. When you see an over and under of 37, there's not too much you can do here. Uh, Russell Wilson's down at QB 18, and then we don't even know who's starting at quarterback so for Tennessee so I've got them at 28-29 because just at this point I'm waiting to see what happens with, with Tannehill. If he starts it'll probably be around my, my quarterback 21-22 range. If it's Mal- uh, Malik Willis he'll probably be a bit lower. Uh, running back situation here Derek Henry of course. He is slightly questionable but I expect him to go. He's my running back four on the week and then we've got this horrible situation of what's going on in Denver with the with the running back situation, it's kind of all a bit a bit of a muddle uh, in terms of what we're expecting to see here. And as a result, I think they all eat each other. And I think you're going to look at a bit of a mess. So I have Latavius Murray is my lead back. He is running back 38, Elvin Gordon 39, Chase Evans 51. Don't start any of them. One of them could really pop off, but there's no way of truly knowing what's going to happen here. And then we're looking at the wide receivers. And again, it's not that pretty um, for either team here. I don't think there's anyone here that you're in a necessity to start. Jerry Judy's at 25. Courtland Sutton is at 28. So you'd argue that they're flex plays. But again, they're just as likely to hurt you as they are to help you. Uh, I have some degree of confidence I think we'll see some form of a Denver fight back I don't know what I'm seeing to believe that but I do think you'll start to see it click together now down the stretch which is why I have not ranked slightly higher but I can appreciate the caution and if my playoff place was on the line I probably wouldn't risk it 
Robert Woods, by the way, for Tennessee is all the way down at 52. And then I mentioned Greg Dulcich earlier. He is in that uh, tight end conversation at tight end seven. Don't need to worry about tight end four, Tennessee. Now we're going to move into the late slate of games, and we have the tanking Colts, and they're going to be playing the Raiders over under 42 and a half. I think that's purely down to Devontae Adams, maybe. I think if he wasn't in this game, he'd probably be reducing it even more. Uh, in terms of the quarterback play here, uh, I have Derek Carr at QB 16. Uh, I'm not starting Sam Ellinger um, at any point. Jeff Saturday's first game in charge. Going to be a difficult uh, game for Jeff Saturday here, given the fact that I think Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat. I think he's going to have to come out and do something different. Um, so where we are with the running backs in this game, Josh Jacobs is my running back six on the week in terms of we know that Jonathan Taylor's injured so this is going to make things significantly difficult uh, which is why you know doing this show this early in the week it's hard to kind of project what's going to happen at the moment I have Dion Jackson 35 and, and Jonathan Taylor at 40 both are questionable if we start to hear that Jonathan Taylor is practicing more he will move up in my rank but I also don't understand playing Jonathan Taylor as much as you should, given the fact that he is, uh, they're playing on a losing season now. And, and maybe it's Jeff Saturday. Maybe he does utilize his best weapon, trying to keep a job. Maybe he's been ordered not to play him. To be honest, when you get a new coach in, and in this situation, someone who's got no coaching experience at a decent level, it's very difficult to see what kind of coaching scheme they've got. A 30 year old offensive coordinator very difficult to see what they're going to do and it's very difficult to predict especially when you've got someone like Sam Allinger who's a late round draft pick under center so at this point I'm kind of just out on everyone in this offense everyone gets a huge arrow down for me as a result I Michael Pittman is my wide receiver 29 and maybe that's not necessarily the way to view it but if I don't know something I'm always going to grade it down rather than shooting for the moon on it Alec Pierce is 51 whereas on the flip side of the ball I look at um Devontae Adams, he's my wide receiver for this week. I feel pretty good about starting him. If you're needing a deep flex play here, Matt Collins is at 58. Hunter Renfro is at 50. Hunter Renfro is still questionable, by the way. Uh, I feel like he's been questionable every week this season. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Um, again, not sure what's going on here with um, Darren Waller. So at the moment, he's not in my ranks because I'm not entirely sure he's going to play. So at the moment, I've got Foster Moreau in there. He's at 23. Could change. Keep an eye on Darren Waller. But at this point, I don't feel pretty... I don't feel comfortable enough to put him in my ranks given he's already missed quite a bit of time. So really, from this game, if I'm looking just... The the only, start, the only starts for me are Jacobs and, and Adams. They're the only two players, I'd say, in this game I'd feel comfortable starting. And then Derek Carr, if I was pushed at QB, I'd be okay with. He's not going to lose your week, but it's not overly exciting either. 
moving on to a classic matchup, which with two teams going in completely opposite directions, the Cowboys and the Packers. Over under set 43. Packers have lost five straight games. Um, so Dak Prescott sits at QB9 for me, so he splits that Geno Smith-Tom uh, Brady Munich game and sits comfortably at nine because this GBD is pretty good. Aaron Rodgers is all the way down at 19 for me this week. I think this Dallas team is going to eat him alive. Uh, looking at running backs, this is a tough one. We do think that we're going to see some Zeke Elliott, although he is questionable, but I think Tony Pollard is going to get uh, more work. He is at 17. Aaron Jones is currently my RB15. He is questionable. If he, if I knew he was healthy, I'd move him up. So AJ Dillon is at 28. But if, again, just watch those questionable tags, these numbers are basically set on their injury status as it stands right now. Looking at their uh, at the wide receivers here, CD Lamb is my wide receiver 10. Again, feel pretty good about the consistency that, that CD Lamb is bringing without necessarily being like overly uh, exceptional. He's been very, very consistent, expecting for another top 10 finish this week. Uh, Alan Azad is my uh, 19 wide receiver ranked, but again, he's questionable. Keep an eye on that status, but I do expect him to go. Micah Gallup is at 44. Sammy Watkins is at 64. Of course, no Robert Tunyon this week. Everyone went out to get Torre. Not necessarily thinking that is the uh, absolutely best play, um, but I understand it was such a thin wave of wire. He became a bit of a hot topic, so we'll see what happens. As for tight ends here, uh, Robert Tunyon is at tight end 12. Dalton Saltz, tight end 16. Don't think you can split too much between them. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. Over under total 41 and a half. Um, and if you told me at this stage of the season going into week 10 for this matchup, both these teams would be significantly under 500. I w- wouldn't have believed you. It's completely mystifying how Arizona are 3 and 6 and, and the LA Rams are 3 and 5. Um, we do know that Stafford is in the concussion protocol. So at the moment, I've got him at 20. Will he get an hour up if he's fit? Maybe. Don't think it's a huge bump. Kyler Murray is also questionable. Uh, he's at quarterback six on the week. When we're looking at the running backs in this game, again, nothing to be too enthralled about, especially given the, the defences here. James Connor currently sits at my RB21. I do think the D will swallow him up a bit. Joel Henderson currently sits as my running back 34. I don't think you can feel brave enough to start anyone else. But it is there is two wide receivers in here that will be absolute stars. Both of them sit my top six. Cooper Cup is my wide receiver one on the week. DeAndre Hopkins is my wide receiver six. And I think you can stay away from everybody else. Uh, people looking at me going, what about Rondell Moore? Rondell Moore is currently my wide receiver 37. Uh, and Alan Robinson is not far behind him at wide receiver 42. So well within the flex conversation here. Uh, as for the tight ends here, Higby, who got zero points last week, he currently sits as my tight end 10. Zach Ertz is my tight end 5. So Monday, Sunday night football is the Chargers versus the 49ers. Uh, that game is set at 45.5 points. And hopefully we'll start to see both these offenses click into gear a little bit. Herbert sits currently as my quarterback 7 for the week. And Jimmy Garoppolo is my quarterback 13 on the week. Um. The running backs here, Christian McCaffrey currently sits as my QB3 and uh, running back three, and Austin Eckler is my running back two. So both these guys, I expect to put up really significant weeks and be the center of their offenses. 
Still got some questionable tags here. I don't think Ethan Allen's going to go. I, I love it. The sleeper is so optimistic every single week, thinking that he's going to go, but I just don't. I don't see it. Uh, I just don't see him going. So I've got him literally at the very bottom of my rankings. We know Mike Williams is also out. So Josh Palmer is who I have as the leading wide receiver for the Chargers. He's my wide receiver 21. But I have both San Francisco wide receivers above him. Uh, Debo is at 15 and uh, Brandon Ayuk is at 20. Moving on to the tight ends, George Kittle, my tight end three of the week. Gerald Everett, my tight end eight. And then Monday Night Football. Washington against the undefeated, only undefeated team left, Philadelphia Eagles. And this one, Jalen Hurts, I have at QB3. I'm not starting. Uh, Taylor Heineke, don't worry about that. Uh, For the running backs this week, I have... The running backs this week, I have Miles Sanders at 11. And I have Antonio Gibson at 23. He's on a slight uh, incline at the moment with his workload, which is good to see. Brian Robinson, I have all the way down at 41 uh, this week. And then when I look at the wide receivers here, it's four to talk about. AJ Brown currently sitting at seven on the week. Terry McLaurin at 23 on the week. Curtis Samuel, 32 on the week. Devonta Smith, 27 on the week. So all of those are start options for me if you've got them. And then we get onto the tight ends. Dallas Goddard is an absolute start for me. Uh, he sits currently at tight end two. And Logan Thomas, again, no catches last week, uh, is not in the startable options. He is 21 on the week. Uh, just to give you my DST ranks and kicker ranks, and then I'll quickly summarize the others. DSTs this week, I have Dallas at one, Eagles at two, Tennessee at three, Buffalo at four, San Francisco at five, Tampa Bay at six, Denver Broncos seven, New York at eight, Las Vegas at nine, which might shock a lot of people given their 31st or 32nd ranked offense. Uh, defense even. Uh, Kansas City at 10, Los Angeles 11, Pittsburgh at 12. And for the kickers this week, and keep in mind there is... It's not a questionable tag in my top 12, thank goodness. Uh, Daniel Carson at one. Graham Gano, who I mentioned, is at two. Tyler Bass at three. My second before Brett Mayer at five. Harrison Butker at six. Young Huku at seven. J.K. at eight. Jason Myers at nine. Uh, Robbie Gold at 10. Will Lutz at 11. Matt Gay at 12. I have Jason Sanders just outside that at 13, by the way. Uh, Dolphins fans, I know, will kill me uh, if I don't mention Jason Sanders. Uh, as for those quarterbacks, let me just list them all by position, uh, by rank. Uh, so two at one, Patrick Mahomes at two, Jalen Hurts at three, Justin Fields at four, Josh Allen at five, Kyler Murray at six, Justin Herbert at seven, Gina Smith at eight, Dak Prescott at nine, Tom Brady at ten, Kirk Cousins at eleven, Trevor Lawrence is at twelve. Running backs this week, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey are my top three. Derek Henry's at four. Nick Chubb's at five. Josh Jacobs is at six. Travis Etienne's at seven. Alvin Kamara at eight. Dalvin Cook at nine. Damian Pierce at ten. Miles Sanders at 11. Kenneth Walker at 12. The wide receivers, Cooper Cup at one. Tyreek Hill at two. Stefan Diggs at three. At the Wattens at four. Justin Jefferson at five. DeAndre Hopkins at six, AJ Brown is at seven, Amon Rasso Brown is at eight, Jalen Waddle is at nine, CeeDee Lamb is at ten, Amari Cooper is at eleven, and Chris Olave is at twelve. And those all important tight ends: Travis Kelsey at one, Dallas Goddard at two, George Kittle at three, 
TJ Henderson at four, TJ Hawkinson TJ Hawkinson at four, Zach Ertz at five, Pat Free and Rufus at six, Greg Dulcich at seven, Greg Gerald Everett is at eight, Carpets uh, at nine, Tyler Higby is at ten, K K Dotner is at eleven, and Robert Tunyon is at twelve. You can find all of my up-to-date rankings. It's literally up-to-date. It goes up-to-date as I change it on my phone, as I will be all through the weekend. Over on 5 Year Rush, just search the tab. It says Merce Rankings. Search the weekly rankings. You will see that updated uh, there. So make sure you go check that out. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you all enjoy your weekend. I know I'm going to enjoy mine. And uh, best of luck this week. Uh, normally I say this. I'm going to be very slow with starts. It's... Pro- um, questions that come to me probably not even going to see them this week not even going to answer them probably not going to have time to look at them so yeah unless you are a patreon you can sign up at, at five year rush um or at patreon.com forward slash five year rush i'm probably not even going to get to them because i'm away i'm going to go watch the game i don't know what the wi-fi situation is going to be like anyway um at the stadium but having said that as well once i have a good time i'll be there with some friends and I'll have my light upset. Don't worry if I'm playing against you. Uh, but I will be in the Patreon chat that we have. So if you want to join that and get some starts information, I definitely will update in there where I get some time. But as always, don't forget, keep rushing. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.